And here we go. That's right, you're back in Redline, and what's that mean? We got another game recap. So what happened in game number 34? Well, ladies and gentlemen, this game was awesome at the start. It started out better than you can imagine. We're talking perfect game, then no hitter, then no no hitter, and then a tie and then a lead and then a slight comeback and it was just filled with a lot of craziness. I'm not going to blame David Bell on this one like a lot of people did, but he did take out Amir Garrett when he was throwing darts. But how the game start out with Joey Votto leading off and David Bell. You got to stop that even though it worked today for some unknown reason, but literally Joey Votto has no business leading off. Nick Senzel and Josh Van Meter both stole bases today. So, why don't you kick a couple players to the curb, start both of those guys and use one of them at leadoff, Nick Senzel. Hello, we've talked about it before, Carlos Correa, Francisco Lindor, but I guess the Reds think that they know better than me, which they don't. Anyway, so how did the game start off? Joey Votto singled against Jeff Samarja, who I told you yesterday. This was Jeff Samarja versus Luis Castillo. And where did Jeff Samarja come from? That's right. The Chicago Cubs, remember? He was in the National League Central for a, for a long, long time. Now he's out in San Francisco, often injured, not throwing 95, 96 anymore. He's right around 92, 93, which is not off the uh, you know, pace that much, but he's uh, you know, pitching a little bit more versus uh just throwing it past hitters. Anyway, well, how this game start out? Votto singles, then on three straight pitches, 3 3 Niner nine times, nine times, nine times. Well, what I mean by that is Suarez hits a two-run jack. The next pitch, Winker hits a solo shot. And then the next pitch, <laughs> this is kind of amazing because three straight pitches, then Derek Dietrich hits a home run. And what do all those guys have in common? They all have nine home runs. Nine home runs. Nine home runs. I don't remember him in any nine home runs. Up, oh, you seldom do, Mrs. Uh, Bueller. He is leading you down the primrose path. That's a movie quote from Ferris Bueller's Day Off in case you're not on the planet Earth. So yes, Suarez got nine jacks, Winker's got nine jacks, Dietrich's got nine jacks, and this game is leading 4 to nothing. And then I'm going to tell you something. Luis Castillo had a perfect game through 3 innings which means he got through the batting order unscathed. Then he got into the well, he walked the first batter of the 4th and then he got a double play ball. So the 4th inning was over and guess what ladies and gentlemen, he had faced the minimum through 4. Well, then the fifth inning rolls around and the same thing happens. No, well, no, I don't mean a double play ball. He just faces the minimum. He's got a no-hitter through five. And then 
for some unknown reason, we're watching the uh, the uh, telecast, and he strikes out the hitter in the top of the sixth. And then that's when Tom Brenneman talked about this is the longest that Luis Castillo has ever taken a no-hitter. Thanks, Tom, because, well, you can't really thank Tom. I was kind of making a joke. Well, you know how I tell you that the Reds keep shifting on hitters they don't need to? Remember that? If you don't, go listen to some old uh, Reds line game cap, game, game caps, game recaps, and you will hear me talk about how they have the dumbest shift in North America, and uh, it's just annoying, and it revolves around four outfielders, and then they put everybody to the right-hand side of the field, like three uh, infielders. Well, um, Earth to Cincinnati front office if you want to do that against like Bryce Harper or a guy like Ryan Howard who's not even in the game anymore, I would understand. And I don't even know if I do it to Bryce Harper, even though he is kind of a major pole hitter. But that's still not the right shift against Bryce Harper. So the Reds put a shift on Dugar or Duger, the guy who had a Roark's number yesterday. Let me explain something, Cincinnati Reds front office analytical team. Dugar, while he is hitting good against the Reds, you don't need to shift against him because guess who broke up the no-hitter? Yeah, that's right, Dugar, Duger, whatever is, however you pronounce his name because there wasn't one warm body on the left side of the infield. Now, this guy is no world beater. I guess you guys think because he was slapping uh you know, uh, ground balls to the to the uh, right side of the infield against Tanner Roark. You should have all those guys over there, but you didn't even have. Uh, you had four left. You had four left. Uh, you had four outfielders. I was saying four left fielders. Well, you know, they got four of them too. I'm kidding because they finally. Uh, well, they didn't finally do anything. They released Matt Kemp. Um, against the better uh, judgment of any other team on the planet. And uh, so what I was saying for, I was trying to say four left fielders, they had four outfielders. Well, let me tell you something, Cucumber, that runs the analytics department that gives the information to David Bell. Dugar, Duger, however you pronounce his name is, I've said that like five times in this podcast, he doesn't need a shift. The shift is for like, like, I'm talking guys that only pull the ball. And those guys are like Ryan Howard. Like I've said, I wouldn't do the shift on Seeger. I wouldn't do the shift on Bellinger. I I probably would do the shift on Jock Peterson. That might make sense because he's such a pull hitter. But DeGar, I mean, give me a break. If you guys would have just had your regular infield out there, you probably don't even lose this game. You try... David Bell, now we all know why David Bell overmanages. Because you guys over-analytic this thing to the point where you got shifts against, like, uh, just John Doe players. That's not how you put a shift on. You guys are insane! So anyways, then the no-hitter goes. And then uh, they... uh, Pinch hit for Samarja, and guess who it is? It's Vote, the guy who uh, got the game-winning home run um, a couple nights ago. Um, 
You, you, you saw who he hit the home run off of. Anyway, well, he walks. And uh, then guess what? Uh, for some unknown reason, um, Luis Castillo is just, he just totally had a little meltdown here after, I think, after that no-hitter got broke up. Because the next thing you know, Buster Posey um, ties this game up. And we're sitting here with a 4-4 four to four tie. And I can't even, like, tell you, like, we went from 4 to nothing lead and a no-hitter to a 4-4 four to four tie in, like, like two minutes, and it just like it all fell apart. Um, you know, I just don't. I just didn't see it. It. I and you, and I'm not gonna blame it on David Bell, even though he did take out Garrett later in the game. But it's just when stuff escalates with this team, it's like that Ron Burgundy meme. Well, that escalated quickly. Because, like I said, it went from four, four up four to nothing in a no hitter to a tie four to four game in like two minutes. You know, I mean, Jimmy Johns couldn't even got it there as fast as this game got tied, if that makes sense. So then we're dealing with um, the top of the ninth. Garrett, well. I will tell you this. Castillo came in and pitched another inning, which I was really proud of him. They pulled him in 92 pitches, 92 pitches, which I agreed with. Seven innings, 92 pitches. He allowed four earned runs. His ERA is up to 1.97. And they pulled him after seven, which I agreed with. And they brought Amir Garrett in. And Amir Garrett's just, I mean, he is just dominating. And then they pull Garrett for Iglesias. And I'm not even going to argue with David Bell. This is Iglesias' job. Even though I want to say this, it's kind of 50-50. Because while Garrett is throwing like uh, just darts up there, man, he's dominating. Russell Iglesias should be able to come in there and close this thing down. Well, hold a lead anyway. Well, Iglesias comes in there and immediately gives up a two-run jack. And he 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 and he wasn't cleaning up for Garrett either. Garrett didn't allow anybody. He came in with the bases clean because the you know and and the only reason that it didn't make much sense was because it was a tied game. Why not just let Garrett finish it out? But again, I'm not. This was David Bell overmanaging, but I'm not going to hang this loss on him. He brings in Iglesias. And Iglesias should have shut it down. He gives up a two-run home run. The Giants go up 6-4. to four. And not only that, he gives up the two-run jack to Brandon Crawford, who was uh, at a day off. He was a lo- He's the longtime Giants shortstop. This guy's hitting around Mendoza. And he. And I can't even believe that Iglesias give up a home run to this guy. Like... I don't know if it was lack of concentration or what, but it was a, I mean, it was a fastball right down the chute, man. And uh, Crawford didn't miss it. And this is a guy that shouldn't be hitting home runs off of uh, Russell Iglesias. Well, then they bring in uh, that, and then he gets out of the inning, and then the Reds have another shot, uh, bring in Kyle Farmer to pitch it. And this guy hits his, like, third or, f- I think this was his fourth pinch hit home run. This guy is money. In the uh, later innings, 
Because now he's got five home runs and 11 RBIs. And think about this. My favorite player, Joey Votto, has three home runs and five RBIs. And this guy, Kyle Farmer, has five home runs and 11 RBIs. And he's not even a full-time player. So that shows you how crazy this lineup thing is. Joey Votto doesn't need to be hitting second. Earth to Bell. Earth to the Reds' front office. It didn't work two years ago or three years ago when you tried it, and it damn sure ain't working now. I guess you'll figure this out about July, that it doesn't work to bat Joey Votto's second or uh, leadoff. But anyways, you guys will stick the square peg through the round hole like you did with Jose Peraza sharing time with Scooter Jeanette two years ago, too. So I don't expect you to figure this out till you know, like I said, July. Anyways, so then the Reds go quietly into the night. Jose Peraza, why he did single today, he had chances to come through, and he just didn't. I'm uh, not really dogging on him, just kind of observations from the game. And the Reds lost 6-5. to five. So they uh, every game was winnable. They lost this series, which is really unfortunate. Uh, it's, uh, well, no, they play again tomorrow. They play the Giants again tomorrow. So they got a chance to tie it up, uh, tie it up tomorrow. I apologize. I was thinking that this series was over, but I had just put a, uh, a post in Resonation number 4192 talking about the end of the series. So that was on my mind. It was a cool shot with Pete Rose on the on-deck circle. You should check it out. Reds Nation number 4192, and that's when the San Francisco Giants were visiting Riverfront Stadium in the 70s. Anyways, so that's why I got a little off on that. So let's talk about the good things, shall we? Okay, well, who gets number one on my good things list? Well. I'm going to have to give number one to three guys are going to tie. Suarez, Winker, and Dietrich. They all hit their ninth home run on three consecutive pitches. So you guys tied for number one. Number two on my good things list, I'm going to give it to uh, Luis Castillo, Buddy. I just think that that shift kind of probably backfired against you. And you probably lost a lot of concentration. And you were upset. And that's another thing, Reds Nation. He was upset about that. And I don't, I'm not saying he was upset that the Reds had the shift on. and that, But he was really upset that he lost his no-hitter. When, if they, and I, I think he was thinking if you watched the game and you watched it, you would see where he was like, man, if we wouldn't have this damn shift, <laughs> He'd still have his no hitter intact, and it's true. You know, I would. I'm not saying he was mad at the Reds or the coaching staff, but I'm saying you can see it go through his mind. He's like, man. But then again, this guy's smart. You know, Luis Castillo. I mean, he's not a veteran. You know, this is his second full year starting, but uh, at still, he knows that this isn't like some superstar. Uh, pull hitter in Degar, and while Degar did put the ground on the ball, the right side, right hand side against Rourke, different ball game. 
Luis Castillo, I just don't want to get in the whole spin rates and stuff, but Luis Castillo gives up a lot more ground balls than Tanner Rourke. So I would have not had the shift on uh, Dugar, however you pronounce his name. It just didn't make any sense. And that's why I've talked about this Reds analytics department being a bunch of toads, man, because analytics is not a cookie-cutter approach. And you dang sure don't do a shift on this Degar fella. I mean, he just got recalled up for this series, I think. Anyway, so uh, who gets number well, number two on the good things list? Luis Castillo pitched your heart out. Five innings, five and a third innings of no-hit baseball. I'm going to give you number two on the good things list. I'm not going to uh, bury you for the foreign runs. It just kind of came unwound. And then you came back out the next inning and shut him down. Did a great job. Fantastic job. Okay, now who gets number three on the good things list? I know you guys are confused because I give it to three players all tied for number one. But no, you got to give it to Kyle Farmer, man. I mean, five home runs, 11 RBIs, and I'm pretty sure four of these dingers are pinch hit. I mean, talk about just nerves of steel. They should probably call this the like the ice harvest farmer guy because the guy has ice in his veins man you can call him ice man i guess his name is probably like you know farmer friend or farmer fred or something or whatever or old mcdonald had a farm you know but it doesn't matter this guy is like ice because like he's just puts the bat on the ball and i've talked about it before like maybe this guy there's more to something to him but you never know the knack of being a bench player is very specific, and this guy just has it down. He comes off the bench, ready to swing, and puts good wood on the baseball, uh, barrels up the balls, and they fly off the fly out of the ballpark, man. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm not saying they should start him. They got too many other problems. Uh, you know, Josh v- Van Meter made his uh, debut today and walked. It, it, they, this is another thing I don't like about the Reds. Uh, I guess I'll get into it a little bit later. But you bring up Josh Van Meter. He's hitting like 330, 13 home runs, 31 RBIs. He was hitting 346 before last night in Louisville. He went 0 for 4, so it dropped him down like 338 or 330 something. Anyways, you know how you guys brought up Nick Senzel and started him right away? Well, when you bring up Josh Van Meter, you got to start him. You got to have him playing so you know what you're going to, so you know you have. You cannot develop this guy off the bench like you've done with Devin Mezzarocco and Jesse Winker. Uh, but like I said, the only reason they couldn't do it with Nick Senzel is because they've done screwed him over twice over service time. And then, you know, he's gotten hurt twice because of it. And then, so, and then I think they did this whole uh, ploy about bringing up Senzo and releasing Kemp and not wanting to look bad. So anyway, there you go on that. So, but anyway, Josh Van Meter, if he's going to be up here, and he got his first stolen base, major league stolen base, which is pretty cool. Him and Senzo, both stolen bases. Uh, you got to start him, and I'll get into that later. So yeah, number three of the good things list, Kyle Farmer. Congratulations, Kyle Farmer. Okay, so let's go to the bad things list. Well... I'm not even gonna give it to David Bell, man. Uh, I'm gonna give it to. I'm gonna give number one the, on the bad things list. Whoever had the shift on uh, Duger, Dugard. I, I'm pretty sure it's Freddie Benavides' job, but I can't say that for a fact. David Bell might have done it, but David Bell, you're slipping through my bad things number one list by the hairs on your chinny chin chin. 
because the shift is what goes number one of the bad things. And David Bell, if you listen to this and you put it on a shift, hey, you should know you're on the number one of the bad things list. But I'm not putting you on it. I'm just saying whoever did the shift. Okay, so number two on the bad things list, Russell Iglesias, man, oh, man. Your ERA is north of four, and you're oh, oh, and five? Iglesias. Well, I can't say I didn't warn the Reds. I told them to trade you uh, before the season, and I told them to trade you last offseason with the Astros. But, of course, the Astros aren't going to give you nothing because uh, Jeff Lundhau does not like Walt Jockety, so I don't see any good trade for the Reds happening between these two organizations. Yeah, um... Jeff Lunhow was the uh, scouting director for the Cardinals when Walt Jockety was the GM, and John Mosliak, now the Cardinals GM, was the assistant GM. Well, John Mosliak, who's now GM of the Cardinals, and Jed Lunhow, who's the GM of the Astros, who's already rebuilt the Astros and won a World Series, them two guys ran Walt Jockety out of St. Louis. <laughs> you can't make it up. And and and, and the, uh, the Reds Nation, we're so lucky, are we not? That is sarcasm. We're not lucky. They should ban Walt Jockety from the city limits of Cincinnati. I am not joking. Anyway, back to this whole bad things list. So, Iglesias, you uh, blew this game. You're 0-5. Man. But I will tell you what. David Bell did use you the second time out of the season when you lost your first game, I think. He, he pitched you three innings. So, you know, David Bell technically going to be number two on the bad things list today. Whoa, David Bell, you're rearing your head today. Anyways, so number three on the bad things list. Man, I don't even know who to put number three on the bad things list. I guess I could give it to uh, Peraza, even though he was one for four. But he struck out twice. I mean, and this is a guy that doesn't strike out or walk usually. Yeah, I'm just going to give number three to Jose Peraza. Jose Peraza, man, you suck. That's all I got to say. No offense. Everybody was uh, delighted with you last year, but, you know, if you just keep putting the bat on the ball, you're probably going to get hits, and you had 182 of them last year, and now you're showing what you really are, a utility player that has some speed that can play all over the diamond. So uh, I probably shouldn't say you suck podcast uh probably not too good on a podcast but jose peraza when the powers that be uh jeff Gropp, dick williams and walt jockety pick you over a trade package for jose ramirez and mike clevenger and then another young prospect jose peraza uh, I can't wait till you're off this team. Every time I look at you, I think of Jose Ramirez and Mike Clevenger, the idea that they could be on this team. So I hope Walt Jockety gets out of town, and I hope Dick Williams gets promoted again to, like, you know, whatever, because uh, then we might get a, a, a really good uh, president of baseball operations in there, and then I don't have to think about Walt Jockety or Jose Peraza anymore. So that would be so weak. Okay, so where do we go from here, ladies and gentlemen? Well, they're not going too far. Like I said, it's a early game tomorrow, a noon game, and it's uh, Drew Pomeranz against uh, Anthony DeSclafani. Well, 
I've said that disco was going to implode every time. He's thrown together three really good starts. So hopefully he'll be able to even this series out tomorrow and continue on his fourth great start in a row. Uh, Drew Pomeranz had a pretty good season. Started out with the Rockies um, a couple years ago. And then he had a pretty good season for the Red Sox. This guy's no world beater, but he is a left-handed starter. So you just don't ever know what David Bell's lineup's going to look like. I look for Joey Votto to not play tomorrow because it's an early game. But who knows with David Bell. I mean, they might demote like half the position players and bring up like 14 or 15 other pitchers. So we don't know what's going to happen. You know, they rolled with nine relievers two days ago. So, you know, crazy stuff can happen. Anyways, so, how can the Reds improve, improve, approve? You know what I would do? Since you made $30 million last year, or $27 million, or $36 million, I would bring in, I would spend the money on Craig Kimbrell, man. This Iglesias, get him straightened out. Probably uh, demote Wani Peralta, and, uh, you know, Get Kimbrell in here, man. Sign him to a four-year deal, $52 million. Kimbrell's, unless it's his arm. But then again, how would the Reds medical staff know? Because they, they're they not good at their job anyway. So, uh, yeah, I'd bring in Cape. I would bring in Kaka. No, Craig Kimbrell. And um, fix the end of the games, uh, Reds. I mean, you got to talented team you just got to get this david bell character figured out on using five and six relievers a game and uh craig kimbrell could cure a lot of what ails you and uh that's all i gotta say about that maybe a lot of teams are waiting until june 1st to sign him because then he won't cost a prospect hey front office if he's out there june 1st you need to sign him uh, well, cost cost a draft pick if you sign him before June first, I think. So, anyways, but top ten drafting your uh, top ten. Uh, your, if you're in the top ten, you're uh, that's a protected pick, and that's why you should assign Bryce Harper, and you would have more people in attendance. But didn't listen to me on that either, and now you're dead last in the National League in attendance. So. Congratulations for not listening to all my ideas. So, what else can we talk about? I want to just say this. Bench Iglesias, not Russell. Jose Iglesias. Put Nick Senzel at shortstop. Lead him off. Play Josh Van Meter at second base, which he was playing in Louisville. And then go with an outfield of Winker, Dietrich, and Puig and try and work it out. I don't know how you're going to do it. Good luck. I'd probably bring up Irvin to go in center field late in games. Whatever you need to do, that's how I would do it. In fact, I would see if Dietrich can start playing some center field because if he can play second base and third base and left field, I would think that Dietrich is a good enough athlete to play center field. I mean, you got Winker playing center field sometimes, and that's crazy. But I will tell you what, if you bench Jose Iglesias and you start Senzel at shortstop, and Josh Van Meter at second, I will gladly let you and approve your goofy four-man outfield uh, shift <laughs> anytime. So 
That's all the advice I got for you in case you're listening, Nick Crawl and unfortunately uh, Duck Williams. So anyways, and I meant to say Duck. So you guys over there in the corner with the dunce hats that were all questioning my knowledge today in resonation number 4192. Uh, yeah, you just sit over there in the corner. So, from the Little Apple all the way back to Red's country, I will see you tomorrow night, Red's Nation.